Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Welcome along. Football show is coming at you. Kenny Cunningham is with us. Kenny, hello. How are you? Yeah, good, Joe. Good. The Champions League knockout stages 2023 continue to disappoint. <laughs> Another stinker of a night. Nothing ah, good. No. Ah, it's a ah no, Joe. That's a stress. You're being dramatic there. I'm not. The drama really. queen. It's a stinker. That was a drama queen. Bayern Munich nil, Manchester City nil. Inter won, Benfica won. <laughs> You haven't even seen the Benfica game. You don't even know the quality. It could be a crackerjack of a game. You don't even know. Zero drama. Miserable. In, in, in no, this game's bubbling along. That's what I'd say. You know, can't take it. Wouldn't go as far as say can't take your eyes off. But it's bubbling. It needs it. We all know, we all know we need the Bournemouth to score that first goal ideally, and they had had a great chance. Sanchez's yeah. chance first half should have really have to take those type of chances. But um, yeah, just doing enough City, aren't they? Should have scored Haaland a penalty, obviously. But they're still looking very comfortable, City. But you, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's done and dusted. I mean, it's looking that way, but I feel as if they can grab a goal at any point early on, ideally, Bourne, and really put the squeeze on. They've had a little bit of joy, haven't they, down the flanks, Coleman in particular, getting 1v1 against Ake. We spoke about Ake before the game. He's had a fine season, but lacking a little bit of pace, probably the slowest of the, the back four unit. They didn't get a him 1v1, which Coleman's done. Bit of delivery into the box. Mm-hmm. Now, Sanley's quite explosive. Musial has been on the periphery of the game, really. So, yeah, you're clutching a little bit. Don't get me wrong. It's a 3-0 lead as well. And, you know, if City do it right, the game opens up. You saw Haaland, the run that he made in the uh, the lead-up to the... Well, it was the sending-off, wasn't it? That wasn't a sending-off. But it's that type of run, isn't it? Just waiting, being patient, quick counter-attack. De Bruyne, eye contact, whoosh, you're in. Yeah, they could, they could, um, yeah, it could be done and dusted. City do it right second half, but yeah, it's looking as we trying to trying to make an argument that this is you know potentially you know could be something extraordinary happening here, but no, we haven't quite seen it. But Joe's football, isn't it? <laughs> Not a very good Joe's argument. Joe's football, isn't it? Uh, Haaland missed a penalty. We should tell you at home as well. He's missed three and thirty six in his career, which isn't criminal. He blasted it over. It was a big one. Yeah, no, nah, even a blast. I didn't, I didn't think he blasted a blast and employ his head down, smash his hair as a gun. He actually took with the inside of his left foot. It was actually, and he got good pace on it, but he's trying to direct it centrally, actually, and underneath the crossbar. That's where he was aimed. We spoke right. About, you're right, actually. I'm making it sound like he was Yapstam for yeah. Holland all those years. No, ago. it wasn't like, yeah, it was, it, it was controlled to an extent. Obviously, yeah. got under, went over the crossbar. Don't get me wrong, but oh, right. we, we said it, didn't we? He'd hit his last couple of the keepers, lift premiership, didn't he? So. You know what it's like, mind games. He knows the opposition keepers had a look at them. I thought he changed, which he did. Mm. Um, so I actually thought it was the right idea. And if you had to execute it correctly, hit it centrally under the crossbar, he would have scored. Sommer committed himself to the right-hand side. But yeah, he's still looking sharp. You know, he's still looking to hit the right areas, isn't he, Haaland? You know, they haven't got him in a huge amount, City. But yeah, they got to get it done. It's as simple as that, isn't it? You know, 3-0 three, three you know, advantage going into the second half you just there's no excuses now for City you have to get it done uh, let's um, deal with Chelsea after last night I do want to talk to you about a, a couple of things um, this evening so we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving so Lampard uh, four games no wins admittedly in his defence two of them against Real Madrid is no picnic Wolves and Brighton less so if you saw glum faces last night Kenny that is because uh, apparently a number of the players faced the prospect of up to 30% wage cuts 
if Chelsea miss out in the Champions League next season. So extra cause for not feeling too happy with life. <laughs> Didier Drogba accused Chelsea of lacking class as well before the uh, second leg. He's talked about a number of people who have been removed from their uh, positions, feels the club is going in uh, no particular direction whatsoever. And then Thiago Silva came out and he said, we have to stop and have a strategy. We have to stop repeating the mistakes of this year, next year. And he quipped, we even had to increase the size of the dressing room because there isn't enough room for all the players that we have. He says, uh, a positive point is that there are great players in this team. A negative point is that someone's always going to be upset because not everyone can play and the coach has to pick 11 players when there are 30-something here. So in so much as a current player is ever going to call out the strategy of a club. You've got to be more specific than that, Joe. I don't even know what he's talking about there. You know, I've no idea. I would it, when, when he when he references obviously sense of humour in terms of no space in the dressing room, ha ha ha. I understand that broader point we spoke about earlier, didn't we? About the amount of numbers that are in the dressing That's room. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, but that that'll be rectified in the summer. Uh, you know, players will go out, other players will be loaned out. Maybe one or two of them younger players will go out and loan, so that squad will be more manageable by the time the uh, next season starts. So I'm not sure exactly what else he's talking about. I'm not sure what Drop is talking about. Lack of class. I don't know what that means easy things to throw around but you need to be put put a bit more meat in the bone I don't know yeah. exactly what he's talking I, about I suspect he's talking about some of the backroom upper tier staff who are no longer involved but that was always going to happen with the new ownership but that's a change over new managers you know that's that's, that's part and parcel really you yeah. know so yeah I'm not yeah a lot of the stuff that's been thrown around I don't quite don't quite understand you know what I mean a lot of kind of general stuff being said you know don't quite well, yeah, you, well, hang on you would have to accept if you spend 600 million sterling and you don't have a striker that's bizarre yeah yeah well they have a striker Brogy's injured um, so you're obviously talking about another, another striker not you should have three of them yeah. 600 million sterling and they don't have a striker yeah yeah Kenny well Arsenal don't have three strikers in the top of the league if I gave you six, they haven't spent 600 million no, I, I, I agree with you and again they'll rectify that and the, they'll rectify that in the summer easy to say going top striker Kane wasn't it couldn't have gone and got Kane what strikers you talk about they should have gone very difficult kind of transfer window to get that top class um, world beater uh, centre forward in I'm sure there's people that they're tracking and I'm sure that'll happen in the summer and I know they spent a lot of money but may not have been able to get that mm. uh, quality centre forward in at the, at the time in the transfer window so yeah too much too soon for me you know almost almost unmanageable for part for me that kind of situation never had the experience being at a top club those type of players work as players but been in dressing rooms where the squad's top heavy and that, that that's an issue players disappointed unhappy so you can magnify that 10 times with the Chelsea dressing room so have some sympathy for Potter there in terms of trying to manage that situation but yeah, there's some obvious talent there, but um, and would you with Bowley, everything about him from the marching into the dressing room and the your embarrassing speech to sauntering out of that Madrid restaurant last week and telling all the cameras, yeah, we're going to win three uh, nil, to getting involved with fans at the Brighton game and he's trying to reason with them quite enjoying the limelight I would say does everything about Bowley to you not scream no, but, naive no, but I think that's a little bit too easy as well Joe oh, owner going into the dressing room I've had that plenty of times owners and directors coming into the, Do they call you in, embarrassing? Into the dressing rooms and you're talking about like oh now if he's put on the spot at a restaurant give us a, give us a prediction what's he going to say I don't fancy our chances tonight probably a 2-0 defeat no, it was probably a little bit of a light-hearted moment. Yeah, did, did he think the Chelsea were going to win 3-0? I don't think so. So he throws a light-hearted comment out. Yeah, I fancy we win 3-0. Then people are throwing it back in his face. Oh, what was he thinking of? Oh, stupid, naive. 
I think that's too easy, Joe. Like, you know what I mean? I don't do. get me wrong. I don't think he's done everything uh, right. I don't know him personally, the, the personality where he loves the, you know, he, lo- he loves being in the spotlight and all that type of thing. Hang maybe, on, here, maybe he's a little bit. He wouldn't, wouldn't be the first, Joe, would he? Well, sorry, yeah. And, and they should be, you know, called out as well. Uh, a little bit too. Ooh, enjoying the limelight three. So his two options weren't we're going to win three nil or we're going to lose two nil. Not like even in the shadows, is he over in America? Like the clubs, he's kind of. I know. I just think he's enjoying it a bit too much. And (laughs) this is a fella who's come, who's arrived, and he sacks Thomas Tuchel, which was a crazy decision because Tuchel, I I suspect, was telling him certain truths he didn't want to hear about the way he was going about his business. That's a big jump again, though. Joe hires hires Graham Potter. Oh, holistic. Honestly, this is a new regime. Yeah. He's going to be here five years. Uh, buys a million players, and a coach of Potter's methodology must have looked at the situation and said, "This is just the antithesis of holistic and everything you've said that we're going to try and do. You're doing the opposite. We're never going to sack Graham, though. They sack him, bring in Lampard, off to a losing start, short and then term, he's though, isn't it? I know it's short term. He brings him back. I mean, he sacked Potter. All his, his only plan is for, and they've a Champions League quarter final to play, and they're not going to make Champions League football in the Premier League. So actually, winning the Champions League is their best bet. Yeah, you're you're arguing they would have been a stronger position, not bringing Lampard in and leaving the kind of temporary. No, but if you're going to number if, three in charge, no, 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 but in. but bring in someone better. If you're like if your only chance oh, for, of Champions League football, months. but the the carrot is Champions League football is at stake here. You've got a quarterfinal against Madrid. Yeah, so very few managers of any pedigree are going to take a job for three months. Managers take a job on the on the condition maybe that if they come in they perform well to get a reaction the job's there for them potentially. Accept that. Isn't the but, case. Then, but then okay, maybe Lampard if, if I think is probably as good as they were going to do and if they okay. bring somebody in it's probably as good as they were going to do. Okay, but counterpoint to that then would be the writing was on the wall for Potter for quite some time. They could have brought in a permanent. Well, manager. I wouldn't sack Potter. I've got to be honest with you. And so I'd, I'd be a little bit critical of him in that respect. Okay, but if but if he's going to sack Potter, and I can understand that argument, you've known for weeks this is not going very well. So have a permanent manager ready to go. He has none of those things, and so in that context, yeah, but the permanent manager, he, yeah, but the in that context, man- when he saunters out of the Madrid managers that weren't available like two months before, Nagelsmann was still. Uh, in a job yeah you could argue Enrique and things like, but it's not as simple as that you can't just pick up the phone to those lads and they jump on a Ryanair flight and they're in they sign on the dotted line these negotiations take time these are shrewd operators these manager managers you've got to wine and dine them I think he had time with Potter I think the writing was on the wall if he was of a mind to sack him then he could have gone that route but regardless so in, in all of that context with the fans fuming at him with him already like serious question marks yeah I think when he saunters out of Madrid <laughs> restaurant with his oh he uh, sauntered now did he with you his cherry cheeks the video doubling down I did see the video I did see the video so we're going to beat them 3-0 and what's that, when you say saunters what's that like shoulders you know rotating the shoulder what is a saunter is it's, the way only a, it's, it's the way only a billionaire could walk <laughs> <laughs> After a boozy lunchtime, <laughs> he's meal. a big lad to saunter, isn't he? I mean, he's a bit, he's a, a bit of a lump, he's isn't he? Got can you saunter? Can yeah, you no, saunter if you're carrying when you, when you're not carrying when you've got a few, when you've got five billion, you can saunter at that size, <laughs> any size. I find. Look, I just think all in. I look at Bowley, and I think it's a mess. It's actually a mess. And if I'd given you the reins at Chelsea, we would have seen things done differently on almost every front. 
No, I think they're in a poor situation. I just don't I, the mess. I don't. I don't quite. I don't quite get it. I, I understand in terms of the the recruitment, the numbers coming in. I've spoken about that already. That's the fundamental issue for me. That's yeah. the, that's the problem right there. But when you say mess, Joe, that's oh, on, that's like ha- putting your hair. What's going on here? Who are we buying? What he's rubbish? Oh, yeah, who who are, t- are they buying? I don't know what the hell their transfer. Now there's is. talent. There's talent there that he's bringing in. He's bringing in. He's bringing in some young. Some of the. Uh, best supposed best young talent it'd be general agreement when Mudridge came in were one of the best young uh, talents in in football forward attacking players Mudridge that's fair isn't it Fofana before he left uh, Leicester oh this kid's his age 19 his all round game looks do, as if he's do you not think it's reminiscent of Fernandez in the World Cup is yeah exactly 120 million for him do you not think it's forget about the money but in terms no, of his quality in the terms of his quality 21 years of age money's important the money's important because Chelsea no. are running yeah, the but risk if, it's, of if you ask him what's he play. doing if you ask me what's he doing are you indicating that these players aren't good enough he's no, bringing I'm, in poor quality I'm, players I'm indicating there's you're indicating zero much spending. strategy there's zero strategy I'm indicating this is a, so what do you like, mean by that I don't understand what you mean zero strategy there's a teenager on YouTube who sees good player and says click I'll buy that He's not thinking the thing true. Yeah, he but that's like that's, that's, that's a, a stupid thing. That that's a stupid thing you've just said because um, all the big football, uh, any football club now, in terms of the recruitment, that analysts in there, that doesn't just doesn't happen yeah, anymore. Chelsea don't have doesn't that. Doesn't happen moment. anymore. I was listening to a piece on the Athletic podcast. He's leaning on those people. Bowd is leaning those on those people. Those people have been cleared out. <laughs> those people have been cleared out. I've been Lack of class. Lack well, of class. I think that's what these, I think that's what Drog was talking about. There's actually they're actually lacking staff in those crucial positions at the moment. You think? Well, no, I Everybody's to thinking, nobody really seems to I know. I listened to like, a piece from a journalist in the Atlantic who covers Chelsea and they started afresh and in the vacuum, some curious decisions were made. Look, uh, me and you, if we sat here back of a cigarette packet and we said, you've 600 million to spend, lads, we would have come up with a more balanced squad in five minutes. You can't... It's, so what, where, where, where's the... Apart from a centre forward, where's the... Where, where are they struggling in terms of balancing the squad? Apart from well, a centre forward. A, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty... Well, I'm that's, asking, that's you're saying it's That's a third of the pitch. You're, you're one player. So you're saying one player. They're one player short of having the ideal balance. Is that what you're saying? They need two strikers <laughs> if they want a challenge. I've just said Arsenal have only got two at the top of the league. Yeah. So where could you Chelsea know, be? That two three striker thing is a thing of the past, Joe. You got players now who are flexible, they're adaptable, that they're like chameleons. They can operate off the flanks, they can operate as central strikers. I'd put like Salah into that category, Gapgo, Nunes, all of these. Those days where you need three number nines. Yeah, uh, but so who, who are Chelsea's? Yeah, forget about it. Who are Chelsea's? Well, Havertz has played there for most of the ah, season. Now he's, got Brogia, he's got Brogia up there. Sterling's uh, played up there. Can Mudridge play as a central forward? Well, this is what I'm talking about. This, But you're saying you, three, you need three number nines. You don't need three number nines. You need three players who can score goals up top. Oh, exactly, but that's yeah, that's a front three. This is what I'm talking about. The days of you, know, you need your 25 goal, 30 goal, number nine are gone. It's all about the front three. Can they call chip in with 15, 20 goals? I.e., Manchester City, Liverpool. This is how the game's gone. Those wide players now have to chip in. They're they're forward. They're, they're attacking players. They're strike. They're all, it's three strikers now. A lot of teams are playing with three three strikers high up the pitch. Not a centre forward and two wide men. Not really, that, that's like. That's archaic almost, isn't it? Very few teams are playing with a front three are playing with two wingers, mm. you know, hugging the touchlines and a, and a natural number nine. I think that's pretty much a that's pretty much a given. So who? So yeah, but this what I'm saying goals. to you. You're saying oh no balance. I'm saying okay, apart from the centre forward, and you're struggling. You got no comeback. 
I think they're short of centre midfielder to be honest with you if you're talking about balance I think they need uh, a real defence minded another tenacious not just defence minded but somebody very competent in possession of the ball as well I think they need an additional one in there I think uh, Kante's uh, on his way out Kovacic is a tidy footballer but doesn't ha- have, have that real tenacity that real aggression to his play I think they need another one whether that's Declan Rice Cassiato is the one for me Brighton I think they're all going to be chasing him this summer I think he improves Chelsea he improves Liverpool uh, in central midfield he improves Arsenal in there he's a better option than, for me than Xhaka in there alongside Parry so he, he, he's yeah. the he's I, a player for me which no, gives fine. them better balance and that, that's what you're talking about as Haaland's about to score here for Man City and he does <laughs> they're, tr- they're 4-0 up in aggregate that is how you run a football club you identify what you need and you go and get it surgically Manchester City have done that they are the template now, you still need someone who can score. And I would argue it's in Chelsea DNA and has been for the last 20 years where they have had a main man striker. And that's how that club has tended to work. Now, for them not to have anyone that they can hang their hat on to score goals, and I take your point about wide players chipping in, when you have spent 600 million, you're all over the shop. There's no strategy. And what's more, to put Potter or any manager into a situation where there are 32 players staring back at you at training, is a recipe for disaster. Now you'll tell me, look, they'll offload no, a few I agree with you. No, I agree with you. Oh, that's I agree with you on that point. I've said that. What are we arguing about then? I've said that in terms of you've talked me talking about balance of the team. Yeah, there isn't. If you've 32 players and you don't have a striker, there's not a balance. I'm talking about balance in terms of your 16, 20 players in around the first team squad that you put on the pitch. There's a balance there. I agree with you in terms of the centre four. Let's not forget Manchester City last year won a league title play most of the season without a recognised number nine. Just to count your argument that you need a number nine, Phil Foden played up there for most of Bernardo Silva Kevin De Bruyne was playing as a fake, that fake number 9 for uh, most of the season last year so it's not oh, oh you need a number you need two number 9s to win a league title Manchester City approved that and we know the, the level they're operating and how they play the technical abilities of their players so they might be the exception to the rule but not, not as quite as black and white as that but I agree with you they need a centre forward I'll be getting a centre forward as well don't get, <laughs> don't get me wrong no, I've never denied that All right, okay. I'll be getting a top class centre midfield I'll be getting a number of those players out more manageable squad in the summer I would have just liked to have seen Parla have the opportunity to do that uh, step up towards the start of the next season with a manageable squad mm. and had an opportunity to drill the team uh, over the summer pre-season games you know find a little bit of rhythm to things and you know give them a little bit of time that kind of organic holistic approach that you were talking about yeah. is, is basically time we're talking about isn't it yeah we went off on a tangent there because I was just reading out Thiago Silva's quotes I wanted to ask you about Nagelsmann who at 35 years of age now is apparently talking to Chelsea so I think people fairly familiar with Nagelsmann's story retired at 20 Hoffenheim in 2015, finished third in the Bundesliga, Champions League, went to Leipzig, Champions League semi-final in 2020. Bayern paid 25 million euro for him, uh, the most expensive managerial transfer in history. Uh, won Bundesliga in his first season, uh, sacked in March. Uh, for various reasons, it seems, they weren't going brilliantly in the league, although they'd sailed through Champions League group stages. There have been some reports as well of, you know, a few missteps publicly on his part. Nothing serious, just the odd PR gaffe. Uh, to what extent that fed into their thinking, I don't quite know. But he's still only 35 years of age. Uh, is he, in your view, I, I don't know how strong a sense you have of him, is he the outstanding candidate in European football of the young up-and-coming managers? And secondly, in the way that Potter didn't suit the kind of anarchy that I think is going to come with Chelsea for the foreseeable, do you think Nagelsmann is the type of coach who could get in there and make sense of the madness? Because you need a certain strength of personality. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure at all. I don't agree. He's, he's in a different level. He's the out, maybe the outstanding young manager out there in Europe. I suppose the CV that you've just rattled off there is very impressive. His age profile and in terms of certainly a Leipzig, I liked how he shaped up his, his team there. And even his relatively short time at Bayern Munich, you know, league winners, but obviously got to factor in in terms of the quality of the squad he has available to him uh, this season as well. I think we shouldn't un- underestimate how seriously the... Bayern Munich, I think, take the domestic league over there. You know, they, you know, it's almost embarrassment for them if they give up that title. And up until he got sacked, you know, them and Dortmund, are, well, they still are, to be honest with you, in terms of going toe-to-toe for the league title. So yeah. I think that would have gone against them in terms of uh, that drop-off in the league, some impressive performances in the Champions League up to this point. But I agree with you. It wouldn't surprise him if there was something behind the scenes there. Because personality-wise, I'm never quite sure what I'm saying. Obviously, look, he's a sharp dresser. You know, not going to go overboard on that in, in terms of how he presents himself uh, on the touchline. If he turns up for training on a skateboard twice a week, all well and good. I'm not, I just, what I, I don't know with? what it is. I don't know. What, <laughs> but it's almost like a good feeling. But that's what players do in the dressing room, isn't yeah. it? You walk in, they have a look. Before you've even spoken, they have a look at you. What does, skateboard, what does, you know, skate, what, what does skateboard to work and some of his suits <laughs> do to you? Yeah, but this, that's what I'm saying. For me, it's like it's not bowling me over. Look, I'm from a bygone age, so take me out of the equation. This is a young man's game. Players are different now. Kids, different mentality, social media generation. You know, they might be lapping that up. Oh, have a look at the gaffer, you know, moped. What's he, what's he coming in? What's you know that you say it, I can't imagine today. him saying that. I can't imagine Thomas Muller going, wow, he comes to work on a skateboard. Well, this, yeah, well, I suppose this is the argument. This is what I'm, what I'm saying. You've got to take the dressing room uh, with you. Now, that's only a small thing in terms of how you carry yourself, how you speak speak to the players, personality, ego. We've all got a bit of an ego to a point. I suppose fundamentally, the players will look at them and say, well, how good a coach are you? Can you improve me? Can you pull this club together? Yeah. You know, I want to be a winner. I want to win trophies. I don't want to hang around. Can you come in and have an impact immediately? Well, we don't know. It's the, it's the simple fact. Take a little bit of confidence in terms of his track record but I still think that's a jump coming into that this particular uh, Chelsea dressing room at the, at the moment and just a little bit of kind of you know changes bit of surgery that needs to be done in the short term there I, I wouldn't be like no, I wouldn't be you know rowing in behind Nagelsmann too much it's impressive as I, has, as I have been in terms of his track record so mm. far I, I think there's other, others out there who are just on a you know who would come into the equation a last one in all this uh, Brentford next then they have Arsenal this is after Arsenal play City they have Bournemouth they have Nottingham Forest they do have Man City Newcastle and Manchester United as their last three games uh, how important do you think the next eight games are with a view to Frank Lampard's next job this, oh for yeah he's like he, he could be he could do real damage to himself yeah. here well, yeah, some some damage. Yeah, I think this is the chance that he took. Clearly, you spoke about a few quid in his back pocket for coming in the short term. That's fair enough. But I don't think that was the big motivation. Uh, I think he came in. He took a calculated risk, hoping that he could come in and make an impact to get reaction from the dressing room. Maybe the idea would have been to turn over uh, Real Madrid. Suddenly, that would have sparked everybody's attention. Frank is back. Hold on, maybe we've misread this. You know what I mean? That hasn't happened. You know that Madrid have put them to bed. So his focus has got to be finding something, a bit of a spark, a bit of momentum, some form between now and the end of the season. So when the season finishes, he can point back and say, "Well, look, yeah, Champions League was a small disappointment, but 
I'm, I'm pleased with what happened after that, the reaction of the players. That run we went on, those five yeah. league wins to finish the season. And then suddenly maybe uh, uh, prospective club owners are looking at Frank Lampard in a, in a different light. Might be a perception out there at the moment with Frank. Maybe he's not quite at that level. Uh, Premier League he's going to have to go back to the championship prove himself and come back again not your sense I remember you were impressed more impressed with him than a lot of people I heard talking yeah yeah well I, I was always impressed with, uh, as a player and that's a player but I, he always struck me as like very intelligent uh, as a player good understanding uh, of the game read the game well and even when he first went into the media for a period of time when he came out enjoyed listening to him thought he had a good eye for the game you know a bit of tactical news that came across and he, I I, I I just thought we're talking about Nagelsmann something a bit of a rub I'm not quite sure about him Lampard was always one that I thought what you see is kind of what you're getting he's more of a Rolls Royce to work kind of guy no but lads would be drawn uh, uh, towards him I, I felt he just time was a bit unlucky with Chelsea when he went in I could round it back too much but you know the transfer embargo there couldn't spend had to lean on the younger players developing them mm. not saying it was perfect when he was there but I just thought he was a little bit unlucky just time and yeah. obviously they showed him the door yeah. and obviously he went into everything at a time where the, the club was almost bust Joe they spent all their money you know they're trimming their cloth accordingly so again maybe not the ideal time when he went in there and he might be saying oh excuses 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 but that's how I kind of see it I wouldn't write him off but he clearly felt this was a gamble worth taking so yeah I think he probably needs that he needs to find something between now and the end of the season otherwise he's just going to maybe reinforce mm. that you know that kind of uh, you know belief that's out there that you know he's a little bit out of his depth potentially at this level we're going to take a short break. I want to talk to you about Evan Ferguson. Uh, there's talk of a new contract and uh, Jurgen Klopp has ruled out Bellingham and there is the Arsenal City situation so we've lots to get through. Good old ding-dong there, lads, says Tony. Did we have a ding-dong? A little bit. A friendly discourse, I would have said. I don't know, to be honest. That was just, just a chit-chat, wasn't it? No, that was normal chit-chat for us, really, isn't it? He's a debate. <laughs> uh, Mick just no. pointed out he called me stupid at one point. There is that. <laughs> no, he said it was a stupid comment. comment. That's different. Uh, that's very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like you're lying or you're, you're a liar. Last time I was in, called. <laughs> If you well, call me stupid last no, time, no, never, Joe. Oh dear. Uh, just, things, just, to, <laughs> just to confirm, it is truly the worst Champions League knockout stages. Uh, Inter two one up against Benfica, so that's three one in aggregate. And uh, Manchester City, as we mentioned, uh, Haaland, uh, he's been given uh, the Bayern defence Uba Meccano a tricky night uh, from the off, really, and he he put him on his backside and went around him and scored to make it City one nil on the night. So four nil in aggregate. So it will be. Manchester City against Real Madrid and it'll be a Milan derby. In fairness, a tasty enough semi-finals. So this shocker of a tournament might... Tasty enough, life yeah. In it, yeah. Man City, uh, yeah. Real Madrid, oof. That's the final, really. So we'll get that over two legs. Well, That's I'm, pleased I'm pleased they're playing each other in the semis. I've got to be honest with two you. Two legs. Yeah, I like I the idea of them too. Kenny, book in. I think it'll enhance the game. Not, so not that pressurised one off of final so much as that. You oh, know, make it a better game. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, over two legs. I think I think we'll see the best of both teams just like you uh, last year. Circle those dates in your calendar. In you come to off the ball those evenings. No problem. Uh, football show is brought to you by Sky Catch the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports we're talking Liverpool we're talking Arsenal we're talking Evan Ferguson next my whole team was just because it hasn't been done before it doesn't mean that it can't be done now so I was very strong willed he gave me the platform to to put a map in place of how I could actually do it subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts Skulls Brown Neatly worked. Clipped in towards Ronaldo! Manchester United strike first! And guess who? 
Well, we've seen Brown already put the balls in the box before that. He got into an advanced position there. Struck it in, left-footed. And Ronaldo coming in on the opposite flank. And he got the jump on Essien. And they found a floor. And Nelka. Vanessar saved it. United again. The newly crowned champions of England are the new champions of Europe. 2008 is another Manchester United vintage year. It sure was. Wes Brown was to the fore and he'll be at our UEFA Champions League Roadshow in partnership with Just Eat. It's coming your way 3rd of May in the Mansion House in Dublin. Myself and Nathan will be there. John O'Shea, also very much a guest of honour alongside Wes Brown, so there'll be lots of Man United talk. And then Paul Merson will be there as well, Arsenal legend Paul Merson, which we're looking forward to. So it's an exclusive off-air event. What a good defender uh, Wes Brown was, I've got to say. Probably doesn't get mentioned enough no. in dispatches. Like, he had a long career there, didn't he? No, he, he burst on the scene. I was like, doing Michael Richards thing. He, but he burst on the scene the treble year. Yeah. In a big way as he backup to Gary Neville. He played a lot of games. Many games did he play, Joe, would you reckon? Uh, I don't know. He had a lot of bad injuries. He had a lot of bad injuries. You're right. But what a... What a if he uh, hadn't had the injuries, I think we're talking about a very different career. Yeah, he was a great defender though. Um, he's hard, you know what I mean? Fast as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he was brilliant. When he, I mean, that 99 season when he got to stop saying burst on the scene but the predictions were big and I think he might have done his cruciate yeah he did have a few battles you're right set him back well, hadn't, you know, he wasn't that kind of ball playing type which a number of them have been over the years you know the like, obviously the likes of Ferdinand and um, he played 232 times for Manchester United however he was there from 96 yeah. to 2011 he was there right I mean he hung around for all yeah, the that's injuries that's what I'm saying like yeah yeah I was a, he's a fine player, fantastic um, centre half. Yeah. String of injuries. Yeah, there's entire seasons missing. Like it's, I'm just reading, reading off Wikipedia here, which is never great radio. But uh, his reputation grew even greater during the 03 season. But again, they say his performance is marred by injury. Brown tore a knee ligament on the final day of the season. Didn't return until midway through the following season. So there's lots of that Real kind bad of ones, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you hard, want, hard as nails, like uncompromising. You're, you're a big Wes Brown fan, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, big fan. Offtheball.com forward slash events if you want to come along. Uh, Just Eat being the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. And then Paul Merson there as well. Now, he was a technician. Oh, Wasn't he glorious? Class. I was trying to think when I, uh, did I play with him. At I must have played again. But at Bournemouth, I played against him a couple. I went down, he had a great spell. Hardy Redknapp took him down there. Looked as if, you know, career was over and... Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Portsmouth, yeah. yeah. You said Bournemouth. But oh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, excuse me. Yeah, Portsmouth. And uh, oh, he was fantastic. Played some great. I think he's spoken about it. Uh, you know better than me. When he went down there, almost got a new lease of life. Mm. He was fantastic. Well, even at Villa, when, you know, yeah. physically he wasn't where he wasn't and he had the shirt tucked out. <laughs> but there were some just beautiful. Oh, he's a lovely player. Football. Yeah, it's a shame. People for, yeah, forget about all that other stuff around. Those pictures like drink, you know, all of that. Yeah. You know, just um, concentrate on the qualities of the beautiful footballer yeah. I mean people thought Bergkamp that kind of number 10 how good Bergkamp was almost like you know prototype uh, but he wasn't far off I mean, hadn't got that kind of physicality maybe presence of Bergkamp but smart operator technically yes. lovely player yes elegant top class top class player yeah I agree totally with you a bit underrated perhaps um, a few things going on I'll come to Liverpool in a moment on Evan Ferguson there are reports in the mail of a new contract so this is hot on the heels of his last contract which was only signed in October of last year 
when he turned 18. So in October of 2022, he signed a contract to bring him through until 2026. Four-year deal, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, Since then, Evan's done rather well. And so Brighton want to lock him into a new deal. (laughs) There is interest from, according to the Daily Mail, there's some interest at Manchester United. There is some interest at Spurs pending uh, Harry Kane departure. And then uh, he supported Manchester United as a boy, I hadn't realised, actually. Wayne Rooney was his uh, idol. And uh, Newcastle and Chelsea also keeping tabs. Some people would say Chelsea need a striker, but we're not going to get back into that again. Um, but that'd be both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I have to disagree with you again. So, uh, Ferguson, I mean, I just had a quick check of what the Brighton wages are. Adam Lallana is still their top paid player which is great I mean yeah. I, I, I forget about the wages Joe forget about the wages Evan well, keeps going on his career trajectory at the moment he's going to earn his, his money whether it comes to today it comes next week the year after could we, just, could we just talk about wages for a moment nah, I don't, I don't do you know what I don't think it's overly significant in the, in the modern game there, there was a there was a day when oof, wages were important you know for, for obvious reasons because the money wasn't in the game and every kind of contract kind of mattered yeah but now, nowadays, I mean... You're set for life with one four-year yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you know, but, 40, but, 50, 70, you know, does it really matter for a five-year contract? I, 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 don't, it, I don't think so. Perhaps, perhaps it does if injuries strike. You've got to be fair to, to players. You've got to be fair to players. This is what the club's doing. He's got three and a half years left in his contract. Do they have to offer him a contract? No. But it's in their interest to do. It's good business sense to give him a, a contract. They can probably throw an extra year on his, his, his existing his, his existing contract, and that protects their asset. So that's basically the, from the club's point of view, they're protecting uh, their asset because no potentially no potentially they have a seventy to one hundred million pound uh, yeah. centre forward here. He's going to develop into that type of player over the next couple of years. Can I ask my question? And you have to keep the player happy. You, you have know, to keep totally. the player happy. Can I ask my question though? Seven. The reason I jumped in because you weren't asking me a question. No, You're I'm about rambling. to ask you a question. So the, the top the top uh, paid player at Brighton is 70-80k. Lalana is still hanging in there. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, if you were advising Ferguson, would you be thinking the most important thing for us to lock in here is some kind of release clause that we like the look of? Or would you be thinking, listen, you're a young man, let's make sure... Just in case injury were to strike, we make you as much money between now and 2026 as possible what like how would you see at, at his age yeah, these so if you're looking at purely from a business point of yeah. view from Evans I don't know who his representatives are I think the ideal scenario would be to have a ghetto clause in there a figure where if any club potentially bids that then Evans entitled to uh, speak to them say a figure of 40 million uh, that would be in the player's interest because if that um, interest was to manifest itself for the next year or two Man United knew so was to come in yeah. and it would bid 40 million that would trigger the ghetto clause and Evan would then have a decision to make if he wanted to jump or if he wanted to stay. And would it be the reality a, is yeah. the club won't agree to that. Right. And some clubs, not too many, might be adamant sitting down in negotiations. We don't insert ghetto clause. It's a fact. We ne- we don't do it for any player. We'll sit down and we negotiate in terms of a wage, but in terms of a ghetto clause, no, there'll be no discussion on that. Mm. And then they're throwing the ball into the, back into your court. What are you going to do? Mm. Are you going to are you going to turn down the new contract and sit on your existing contract, five grand, ten grand a week for the next uh, year or two? When you know they know you could be earning, you know, ten maybe five, six times that easy, seven times that. Yeah. So that's the kind of that's the to and fro of a transfer uh, negotiation. And I remember Cassiedo in the in the window when he went to Arsenal. Arsenal bid 65 million big money I didn't hear any any chatter there there was a ghetto clause in there the club was very much in the driving seat Brighton they could dictate 
what what he went for, what price. They weren't happy with 65 million. He wasn't going anywhere. And it looks as if that's the case with most of the players at the football club. Tony Bloom runs a pretty efficient ship there. And it wouldn't surprise me if his dogma is we don't insert release clauses into the into the contract. So, okay. Yeah, so that's probably where he is, Evan. I, would, I don't think it's a deal breaker, to be honest with you. I think he's... I think getting a bit of money in the bank at this moment in time that's going to make him feel pretty good club coming to him There's, here's an extra year in your contract and here's whatever it is 30, 40, 50 thousand a week wow what a position to be in that is and he's earned it the kid in terms of the qualities uh, in terms of the level of his uh, performances and if that big move is going to come you know he's just got to hope some club's going to come in and pay the, the big money uh, down the road I wonder to what extent say the release clause is off the table just not happening non-negotiable don't yeah. even ask not happening could you envisage a conversation where Ferguson might sit down with his, his dad and his advisors and they might say, do you know what? 2026 will swing around nice and quick. Let's just sit in the contract you're on. It is not that quick though. It's three and a half years. So basically you got to, you're two and a half years you got to sit on, you know, meagre rations and that's what, yeah, that's what the club, if it was, 18 months on his contract yeah absolutely that's a different matter three and a half years I don't think you want to get into that situation you're messing your head a little bit we're not signing the contract and you know for it to be an ongoing thing over the next couple of years I think he's in a great environment I think in terms of and I think it will be the case with his dad and the people around him what's best for Evans uh, development the short to medium term Mm. and this looks to be the perfect environment the perfect football club for him at the moment they're in a great place the quality of football that they're they're playing the kind of coaching seems to be saying all the right things to Zerbi one-to-one uh, coaching we're trying to make him a better player we can improve and we can make him better the body language of the player looks as if he's really enjoying it and that performance Saturday that team performance Saturday Joe I mean it must be a joy to play in that Brighton team even Evans performance until he came off injured that's as good as I've seen him play in that small cameo everything was coming off he was enjoying himself the way he was carrying himself he was loving it the combination play you know the 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 energy in the team you don't get that too often in your career at a football club I know I'm talking as if geez he needs to get out of this place I mean that is the way you were talking say in 2027 I mean look glad you're not representing him there is something you mess his head up there is something appealing I'm sure if you had you represent him about getting to as big a club as possible but in 2027 his current contract is 26 say they renegotiate and it's 2027 he He's still only 22 years of age so there is no rush yeah the little the little shimmy uh where he, i don't even think he touched the ball but he just adjusted his body to make a bit of space touch off the crossbar i did find myself thinking oh we're now not hyping this guy up like he really looks like he belongs and even the match of the day commentator said wow he's just been a thorn in their side all day i did think my god with each passing week Oh yeah, it was a couple of things. It was throwing from the sideline. He just dropped his shoulder and kind of rolled the defender. It was a flick around the corner, a little one-two touch stuff. He's seeing things quickly, like you know what I mean. And yeah, that confidence now he's playing with ball his feet in around the box. It's almost any type of finish now, isn't it? Inside the right foot, drill, little uh, drag back, back heel, what, what kind of wherever it takes. But it's his all-round game at the moment. We're talking about improving the Zerbia, making him better. Yeah, you're looking at him at the moment. There's no. There's no obvious deficiency in this game at the moment. You can always polish up your game and improve small percentages, all those t- uh, type of things. But not one part of his game at the moment, Joe, you're looking at him and saying, which well, probably just that one area, probably just needs to really focus on. Yeah. It's all there, isn't it? Just needs polishing up. Just needs polishing up. Must be uh, a strange thing, though. Say he renegotiates and the first paycheck comes in and say he's paid monthly 
and say it's 50 grand a week. Oh, you won't let it go, will you, this money thing? But like, that, it's a it's a really odd human experience to be 18 and you check. And you Let's say, compare it to your re- your last renegotiation yeah, at News Talk, right? I, I didn't have 200 <laughs> grand arriving in in the space of a month. But you are right. So you're making a fair point. Thank so you. These kind of figures. You've had a good old tussle tonight, I feel. But I always felt it was so for me, like <laughs> what we haven't spoken about with Chelsea, which was your responsibility. You didn't bring it up. These long contracts that they're giving to Chelsea to <laughs> yeah. these players, eight year contracts on the big money. Yeah, no strategy. Does that get no, does that get inside the players' heads? I've seen it with players over the over the years, not all the time, but certain players signed that big contract, Joe, big money, pff, drop off. Mentally just drop off, just can't get themselves back up to that level, motivational-wise, mindset, it affects them to the point where as a club and as a CEO and a manager, whoever's responsible for giving those contracts, you've got to be seriously thinking certain players, don't give them that, forget about the four or five year, give them an extra one. Okay. Keep them hungry. Yes. Because this fellow, we're going to lose them. Give him a five-year contract. We're, we're going to lose him. Do, do those guys, in your experience, Bayern Munich have scored a penalty, by the way. So this could turn out to be one of the most exciting finales of all time. But you suspect it's just a consolation. You know those guys who sign those four or five-year contracts. They do the young as well, Joe. Sure. Young as well. They do the maths in their head. It's like, oh my god, that's how many million? Oh, I'm yeah. set for life. Is it? It's less that they tend to just like go off the rails in spectacular fashion, I presume. Is it just like a yeah. a few degrees off every day? And slow? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, it is, Joe. Okay. It is just that little drop off. We're all different. Don't get me wrong. Some people, absolute animals mentally. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter where money, it's all about training, intensity, the, the games. To, to the extent, extent they, much, might, they might even realise they're not at it the same way. Like it's not even a conscious thing in some respects. It's just. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, subconscious thing. Yeah, it's just that kind of motivation. And, you, same with all whatever uh, job sphere that we're in, you know, you're always looking for to earn that little bit more, whatever it is, you know, with something to do in the house, a little extension in the house and boom, you're always pushing for a little bit more for all, for all the same reasons, you know what I mean? Now at the moment of football, you know, it's ridiculous proportion, but the same kind of principle sure. is still the same. Still nice to get to a situation when you're off the new contract and you get a bump. Yeah. And I had that, funny enough, I had a couple of times uh, at Wimbledon, I was at Wimbledon for a long period of time and I never, I, I mean, I wouldn't have been the, the exception. I never went banging on the manager's door for a new contract in my me, in me career. But at Wimbledon more than any other club, they were the type of club, if I, if I went there, uh, I don't think I'd, I'd played for Ireland when it, before I signed for Wimbledon. And within a year, I was in around the Irish team. I played a few games, regular club brought me in. Want to give you another con? Didn't have to. It was a four year. That maybe a few years left. Feel as if you deserve. Now you might say, "Oh, you know, you're being naive here." They were looking after themselves, business interests. But I sensed a little bit. Now we, we want to reward you. Doing well. It's only fair. Okay. So yeah. So that's a nice feeling coming in. A little bit of a bump. Feeling good about yourself and kind of off you go. But I mean, in this situation, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way Brighton can uh, sit down with Evan Ferguson as advice and say, "Look, we, you know, we really want to keep you hungry, so we're going to be going to be offering you an extra two grand a week. Like we think it's in your best interest." I mean, that those days are kind of gone. They've just got to hope. I mean, they're obligated to give um, Evan that type of money, and rightly so, because that's the that's the going rate. So they've just got to hope, keep their fingers crossed. They've got somebody here in terms of a character who's gonna when he signs that contract, he's gonna park it to the side and get his focus back on his football again in terms of his development. And the signs are very good in that respect. Things that we're hearing, you know, from people around him who've seen him, see how he operates, how he's spoken himself gives you that kind of confidence that this is a kid who's serious about his football yeah. and wants to uh, progress and improve and be the best that, that, that he can be. Mm. Hell of a 
predicament to find yourself in. I'm not sure predicament is the right word. Dying to know what kind of deal he's going to get. Ange. I can tell your eyes there, they're like spinning, like you're dying to see the numbers, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> not like you pretending I don't want to know, but secretly. Oh, but you can't. You can't out. get like. Uh, but you can't be. You just can't. It's make those feel. You have to push them aside. Like you know, they're what just I mean? so otherworldly. It you is. Know, like these are even. these are all normal young fellas growing up. And but Joe, you know, I remember money's say what we were there. No big explosion money when I was playing. But I'd reference it back to the generation maybe or so before me. Lads who'd played maybe in the seventies. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking top guy. You know, the Leeds teams, the Manchester United teams, absolute talk. I couldn't like tied our bootlaces a lot a lot of these players and you look back then I used to look back then and think wow, the, the money that these lads are, you'd be embarrassed what I was earning at the time in comparison to these lads now that was relative in terms of 15 but even still yeah. a lot of those lads didn't earn the type of money they earned enough maybe to pitch up and you know, run their own pub or something yeah. like that but that was it Joe wasn't it oh, so yeah. I, I used to always look back and think you know what I'm, I'm lucky I consider myself very fortunate to be earning whatever money I'm earning in comparison to some of those lads who played and the level they played yeah. at. Now, Evan Ferguson's thinking, jeez, Perk, any kind of man to do punditry? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sooner open a pub. <laughs> He's got a pitch up there every Wednesday. <laughs> Joe Malloy. Oh, no. Peppering him with painful, nonsense. Painful, painful. Uh, we have four minutes. Interesting Jurgen Klopp, I mean, I just this sense, oh yeah, Bellingham, Liverpool, and uh, Klopp has come out to say, it's not happening. And I don't think this is some kind of negotiation tactic. It's just uh, we <laughs> can't afford yeah, the 135 million pounds plus add-ons is what they're talking about. So what Klopp said was, I'm not angry with the owners. I don't agree with everything we do, but I'm employed here and I'm not here to be angry about things that will work out or not work out. If I am angry, we won't all of a sudden have more money. Uh, the way we did things in the past is the way we will do things in the future. That is the way. So it seems they're turning their attention to Mason Mount. Uh, Alexis McAllister has been yeah. mentioned. Nunes he's, mentioned. Yeah. But, um, he's a different type of players, though, to, to uh, Joe Bellingham. I'm not, I don't quite understand the Mason Mount link. I mean, Mason Mount's an attack-minded number eight central midfield player. For me, Liverpool don't necessarily need that type of player. I'll be honest with you, I take uh, Klopp at face value what he said and I think to a large extent it's correct. I, I still think there's an argument there. 135 million plus wages, get five or six players out off the wage bill and and transfer fees in and there's still an argument you could, you could make a pitch for, for Jude but I think you could lose half a dozen players in that Liverpool squad get them off the wage bill and get maybe 50 million in terms of a transfer fee and then then you're pitching an extra 70 million on top to get Bellingham in I think that's possible I'm not sure the player be up for that whether it's Liverpool are in the equation but by and large I understand what Klopp's saying those type of figures don't make sense uh, for Liverpool so it looks like a two horse race at the moment Man City and Madrid and looking at City tonight I mean it's I've said it before about Guardiola. Didn't, you know they're playing well. They're in a good place at the moment, City. But if you're looking at the improvement of that City team, you know Bellingham into that central uh, midfield area. That that that's it. It's yeah, right there. It's nuts. You know Bellingham and 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 De Bruyne and those number number eight positions going forward. That that elevates them again, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, I think they have to. You know, they have to, and I think he will. Talk I think he'll go big. going to Barcelona, actually. Yeah, and it'd be the same principle. I'm talking about Klopp getting rid of a few. It'll be Gundogan out the door off the wages. He won't get a fee for him. Um, Calvin Phillips for me. You'll probably get another 40, 40 million for him. You still will. I, I think so. Yeah, I think West Ham. Damaged. I think Bell, uh, yeah. yeah, Declan Roy sh- uh, shifts over there. You could see him heading, heading yeah, yeah, back yeah. there for forty million. Yeah. 
even Bernardo Silva who I wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of don't don't get me wrong there's probably another 40 million on the table him for the likes of Bellingham for me yeah it's worth it it's worth pushing to get that young fleet and if City go and get him Joe starting next season wow game over yeah you can never say game over but it's that that's that's significant. Bellingham coming in, a bit like Haaland. I'd, I'd I'd put him up there with the Haaland signing this year. Bellingham comes in. He, Bellingham's on that level. I'm not talking in terms of goals here. I'm talking about yeah. uh, influence within the team. No, I hear you. It's it's the equivalent of 35 Todd Bowley efforts at signing different players. <laughs> Our football show coverage brought to you by Sky. You can catch the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports. So we're into added time there. It's Bayern Munich 1, Man City 1, 4-1 one on aggregate. And let me just double check. There hasn't been something very dramatic in the other leg. We are at the 90-minute mark between Inter and Benfica. Oh, goodness me. Finished 3 all on the night. Woo! Oh, so you're going you're gonna to take that back? You're going to draw your previous statement? Inter 5-3 Dross Dross was the word you used in terms of the games this evening <laughs> well Inter there were there were two late consolation goals in the 86th and the 95th minute so such a begrudger such a begrudger that's a bit of a dud really uh, however it's a Milan derby and it's Real Madrid Man City in the semi-finals back in one sec Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports